Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and day 11 of this NBA playoffs just finished up, and it was a good one. It was a good one for one reason and one reason only. We got Atlanta out of here. We got Atlanta and Trey Young out of here. And I'm not a Trey Young hater. I love Trey Young. But I needed to see. I need I need I needed the pain to stop, the bleeding to stop. At this point, it was just getting ridiculous. We 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 needed him to go ahead and just move on, move on, get to the offseason so they can figure out what they want to do and what direction they want to go into next year. Um it was not a pretty series whatsoever. It was it was honestly a horrendous series. The Hawks had those two playing games to where Trey Young started off awful, but then would pick it up late. And then that was cause of concern. I was like, okay, well maybe I hey, well maybe he's starting to warm up and he you know, he got those two bad games out and he's ready to play in the playoffs. Now he got those playing games in. But that's not what happened. That was not what happened at all. This man, Trey Young, averaged 15 points a game, six assists, and six turnovers a game, and was a minus 11 and a half. This man, Trey Young, averaged more turnovers a game than field goals made a game. He averaged six turnovers and four field goals made a game. Shot. 32% from the field and 18% from the three. Trey Young was in solitary confinement. Yes, we talked yesterday about Brooklyn. And, you know, as a Boston fan, I got to get my Brooklyn hype out. I got to get my Brooklyn hype out. That's all I tell. I be telling his friends. I be like, let's record it the next day. He be wanting to record it that day. I'm going to be hyped the night of right after the game. But as I said before, um, always treat these players with love. Treat them with respect. You're going to miss them when they're gone. Uh, of course, I'm going to say wild things like that. But then the next day, obviously, I, was, I say, okay, I got my hype out. Let's go back to normal because the job's not finished, like Kobe said. Get back to normal. Talk. Be like, okay, yeah, you know, things happen. But they're like everybody has a bad game. Like we, we, every Every great player has had those great series those bad series things happen um, i know a lot of people were not happy that i was agreeing with some of the other people on twitter that bad series happens because they're like where'd you do clown i'm like yeah i clown them because they because you talk about they play bad but then you're like okay we got their clowning out and then you move on like dirk had 07 where he had an mvp year and then lost to the we believe warriors you had LeBron, obviously, in his first year in Miami. We had Tim Duncan, the great Tim Duncan. Y'all know I respect Tim Duncan more than any other player. The great Tim Duncan has had his times. Um, the Warriors blown a 3-1 lead. The Thunder, before that, blown a 3-1 lead. The Clippers just existing. I mean, Kobe and Shaq in 4 we, 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 we've had We've had plenty, like, Every great has a playoff blemish, blemish, and it just happens. So, in the time and heat of moment, you're gonna clown them. But once the dust has settled, you move on. But Trey Young, 
he's going to get his slander as he as he should for this series because he didn't adjust and he 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 who rushes shots. However, there's now that it's the next day, like last night, slander there. Now that's the next day you sit back and reflect, and I'm like, okay, if I'm Atlanta, what's my next move? Because Atlanta last year, after they made that playoff run, they made it known that they weren't going to try be able to keep all their young guys. So they were going to start making some moves. They knew they weren't going to go into luxury tax. They weren't going to pay all their young guys. So my question is, where do they go now? They got a lot of decisions to make. They got a lot of moves they need to decide. They need to properly, like, if we're, if Trey Young's your guy, and he's going to be your guy, then we need to make the moves around him to help him be your guy. You need a true, true, true secondary ball handler to come in and alleviate some of that pressure. But at the same time, you get the same symptom as, like like I said, with IT, like I've said before, with IT or jaw or players like that where they're Steve Nash or they're hyper-offensive. So, and they bring you absolutely nothing on the defensive side. So if their offense isn't going then there's nothing else they're bringing you on the court. So a series like this where Trey Young is struggling, and he's obviously struggling, and he can't get you any points, and he's struggling to the point where he's not facilitating effectively. At that point, as a coach, you gotta, you don't want to bench him because you're like, hey, you can't, you don't want to hurt your players' confidence. You don't want to do things like that. But you have to make a decision somewhere because you're not helping your team at that point. Yes, Trey Young still brings a lot of pressure, but that's where you need that secondary ball handler. If you're going to keep him on the court, be like, we're going to use you as a distraction. We know they're sending one. We know they're sending two. We're shading. They have one on you and shading another on you, or they fully commit and they go double on you. We have to have the roster to be able to take advantage of that and play four on three. We can't we can't just let you get taken out of the game like the defense like, okay, we're gonna lock in on you. And Trey Young's a phenomenal pass, so he's gonna make the right pass. We have to have players that can make up for his shortcomings and take over in that regard. So Atlanta needs to have more defenders. Cause I don't understand why you have we don't why you don't have a ton of perimeter defenders around someone like Trey Young. You know Trey Young's not gonna play defense. Um like I said before, the Grizzlies do it right where they have a bunch of good perimeter defenders like Dylan Brooks and such around Jaw. The Celtics did the same thing when IT. We had defenders all around us. So like you're gonna score the buckets, but we're gonna play defense on you. We're gonna try our best to hide you. Obviously, they can hunt you, but if they're only hunting you one person, we're going to have somebody in the paint that can also help you and you're going to have a good rim protector down there, which Clint Capella is a good uh, paint defender down there and about to help you to where you can't just get taken advantage of. And that's just going to be your job. You're going to have to be focused on offense. So you need to build a team correctly around that skill set. <laughs> They got a lot of choices to make. They got a lot of choices to make. They got a lot of decisions to make in this offseason. We're going to see how it goes. Shout out to DeAndre Hunter. Um, 
He stepped up this game. He had 35, and that's what I'm talking about right there. You're going to get a lot of open moments. You're going to get a lot of open shots, a lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities. Um, yes, sometimes you got to create for yourself, but a lot of the times you're just going to be able to catch-and-shoot and be open. And we just need you to hit your shots at that point. Um, we can't – like all these, all the other role players, we need you to step up and just – Hit your shots and step up when Trey Young needs you. Yes, sometimes they're gonna be able to um you're gonna be able to get your buckets. When a team locks in on you like that, it's like it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Trey Young began to force it too. You start seeing them take logo threes, far away threes, early threes in the shot clock, and it's like you you haven't been shooting well all series from the three. But because of Miami's like hounding defense. Trey Young sees the open. He's like, I'm finally open to have a free look, clean look for the first time in like eight possessions. I'm just going to chunk it from the logo from 35 feet just because I know I can hit this shot. It's not the shot I need because I haven't warmed up, but I need something up. So um, I'm a little disappointed in Trey Young, but shout out to Miami. Miami did what they were supposed to. Um, they, they came in, they got the job done. They got the job done. It's a one and eight. It's not supposed to be close. Atlanta isn't a true eight seat, but Miami treated them like they were. Bam play fine. But the story of the night is Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo, correct me if I'm wrong, did not play games one, two, or three. And he came in after missing the first three games because Kyle Lowry went down. Because, you know, they didn't need him. Like, Kyle Lowry's there, Jimmy Butler's there. They got a lot of other players they can go to instead of him. No need to use me. Kyle Lowry goes down. He starts getting a little more minutes. Jimmy Butler goes down. And tonight they needed they needed a, a true, like, playmaker and a true guard that's going to orchestrate the offense and get things going and score. They're going to they're gonna, – you have Tyler Hero there, but he's a six-man. But you're like, we need somebody in the other unit, the starting unit, to come in and take over. You implement and you put Victor Oladipo in that starting lineup. He goes out there and he looks really good. He goes out and gives you 23, three steals, playing solid defense. He looked really good tonight. Shout out Victor Oladipo. Um, it just looked, I was just so happy tonight watching him play and watching him hoop because especially when you know, of all the injuries he'd gone through and all the setbacks he had. Like, he was an all-star out in Indiana, rejected that big contract because he was, like, betting on himself and then got hurt, got shipped to Miami, never truly got to be in Miami like he wanted to. He wanted to be in Miami, never truly got to make an impact like he wanted to because he was constantly hurt, constantly dealing with injuries. And when you finally see him play tonight, you're like, dang, he might, you, you see flashes of that old Oladipo. He doesn't, he's not fully Oladipo yet, but shout out Depot, man. Shout out Depot. He looked good tonight. Um, We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
And we are back like we never left, as we say here on the Ask Geeks podcast. Um, the energy not there. The energy is I know it doesn't sound like it because usually you know, I'm like, I'm hype, I'm yelling, everything. The energy's there, though. The energy's not there to where it might not sound like it's there. But trust me, it's there. We just vibing tonight. We vibing. We vibing early this morning. Um, Next game I want to discuss is Memphis, Minnesota. These young guns. These young guns. Man. On a night like this, where Minnesota got to stop doing this to himself. They got to stop getting big leagues, talking trash, and then smoking the leagues. This series should be over. This series should be over four games to one. Like, it, it should be 4-1 right now in Minnesota's favor. There's no reason Minnesota should have smoked that twenty both of those 25-point leads. There's no reason that Minnesota should have smoked this lead. Um... Minnesota has been playing extremely, extremely good defense when it comes to John Morant. Desmond Bain has been lighting y'all up. But when it comes to John Morant, they have been playing phenomenal. They've been playing phenomenal defense on John Morant. And just to have those great defensive possessions just ignored, because y'all can't hold on to a lead. It's just getting old at this point. It's getting extremely it's getting extremely old at this point. It's like you got to do better than this. We need more than you. You got to do better than this. At this point you just you just have to do better. There's no there's no reason for you to constantly get these big leads and then just choke them away. Like that there's just no there's no reason for that. Whether that falls on the coaching, whether that falls on the players themselves, um, there, there's bits and pieces from both sides. Uh, whether you want to say it's 70-30 coaching or 60-40 coaching, at some point, yeah, as, as, as the coach, you have to step up. You saw y'all blew those leads. You see your, you see your team getting hype and talking trash and looking at the crowd and playing to the antics and everything and you're like okay we thought we were past so let's, let's, the game's not over you as a coach when you see you got that nice little lead in the fourth quarter you're like hey the game's not over y'all still have plenty to get done y'all were just in a situation where y'all had a bigger lead and y'all blew it calm down settle down and just go hoop just go hoop I don't need the antics. I don't need y'all feeling yourselves too much because I don't need y'all. Y'all want to celebrate all good, all be it to y'all. However, emotion should play a big factor in the game. Everybody, Every player gets emotion, but emotion shouldn't dictate your game. You shouldn't have, like, that much emotion to where you can't, you can't, make the correct decisions you let runs like this go on and then you're like you're like you don't know what to do you get you're you're up on top punching and everything you're like oh yeah you're talking noise because you've been punching all fight 
then you get punched in the face and you don't know what to do. And then it's just all she wrote. It doesn't make sense to me how Minnesota keeps allowing this to happen. It it just it just it just doesn't. Um, like I said, Jaw hasn't been like particularly great this series. He's been solid playmaking, but scoring wise, he's he they're doing what they're supposed to do. He's averaging four turnovers a game. They're putting up a wall and they're slowing him down. He's like I said last time we talked about the Grizzlies. He's shooting forty percent from the field and 26% from the three. The majority of this game, they guarded Jaw extremely well. For the first three quarters, they jaw they guarded Jaw extremely well. Well, until the end of the third as well. For the first two and a half quarters, they 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 guarded Jaw well. Jaw destroyed them in the fourth. Jaw destroyed them. He, he he just he got wherever he wanted. He got to the paint. He got his spots. He did what he was supposed to, and he didn't stop attacking. That mean poster he had just changed the momentum. And then he tried to get another poster, and it was just like he was attacking. He was getting his teammates involved. Desmond Bain did what he was supposed to, and Desmond Bain is a hooper. Desmond Bain is their true number two. Shout out to Brandon Clark, who has been a true, true, true X Factor. He's been their best big man in the entire series. And that is disgusting to say. Because they have Jared Jackson Jr. right there. If Jared Jackson Jr. plays like he's supposed to, and stops acting like an undisciplined child, then I can say, just like how I said Minnesota should be up, I could say the Grizzlies should already have had this series wrapped up. There is no reason to foul so much. The last foul he got was on a three-pointer for Cap, and... He's just been putrid this series. He's averaging 10 points a game this series, six rebounds, and more fouls than anything else. He's averaging five fouls a game. How are you, as the supposedly the defensive player of the year, supposedly one of the best defenders in the league, averaging five fouls a game? There's no reason for that. Why do you have more fouls than field goals made? Why do you have more fouls than a lot of other things? Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. Stay disciplined. Stop fouling. Stop jumping at everything. Stop reaching where you don't need to reach. Read the situation. It is the it. You know, y'all are in the middle of a comeback. Y'all are trying to make this late comeback, and maybe it was a good thing you fouled because you fouled Cat on a three pointer. They got you out of there, and they brought in Brandon Clark, who has been like outplaying you to such a degree that it looks ridiculous. It's to the point where everybody's like, yo, keep Jared Jackson out the game. Let's just, like, play Brandon Clark. And as the starting power forward for your team, there's no reason for that. They wanted to go small and put you at the five, but they can't because you don't, you won't stay disciplined. You won't stay disciplined, and that is awful. 
you're also supposed to be the stretch big out there. And they're like, but you're not stretching the floor. You're shooting awful offensively and you're playing putrid defense. Like you're, you're good. You, you, they're basically Jared Jackson is basically being Hassan Whiteside when he first like blew up. Remember when Miami first, like all this stuff after Hassan Whiteside finished being like the journeyman trying to get into the league, trying to find a good team. Once he found like, got to Miami and everything started rocking. Everybody was like, Oh my God, Hassan Whiteside. How did he, how do we miss him for so long? Hassan Whiteside was blocking shots left and right. Hassan Whiteside was going crazy with the blocks, but Hassan Whiteside was also constantly fouling. And that's what Jared Jackson Jr. Does. And it's just to the point where like, bro, you got it. You got to be smart in that. And I, you just see a lot of inexperience and in youth in this series, whether it be Jared Jackson fouling all the time, whether it be um, both sides talking more, much more, and letting their talk do too much to where their game doesn't back it up, whether it's not adjusting to defenses or adjusting the looks, whether it's doing something like Anthony Edwards did last night to where he hit such a clutch shot. And I was in my bedroom screaming. I'm like, let's go. And cause I had just tweeted Ant should be the best. I was like, Ant might be the best player on the court. Ant should be the best player on the court. Like that's crazy when cat on the court and jaws on the court, but consistency wise, like jaws struggle, cat has struggled. And I'm like, Ant should could be the best player on the court. He hits this crazy shot. I know he only bring he was only bringing a lot of offense this game. He didn't really bring much else, but he hit a crazy shot. And then on the other end of this, why would you go for that's just poor IQ and that's youth. You chased a steal and tried to make the home run play instead of staying disciplined and playing defense. If you like, what 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 what's in there? If you it, like, you gotta weigh your pros and cons. Pro, if I reach on the high side, not even the low side, the high side, giving John Morant a free lane to the basket. If I get this steal, then I just made a home run play and I look amazing. I got the game winning steal. They gotta foul me. Everybody's hype. Yes. If I don't, we lose the game. Why put yourself in that situation? Why put yourself in that situation? You reach like that. You take yourself out of the play. And now Memphis is playing five on four. And they have Ja Morant, the best player in the paint this year, with a full head of steam going straight to the paint playing five on four your big man has to make a decision do i contest jaw because if i do he's just gonna dump it off to my magic who's standing on the block on the opposite side block and then he just dunk it up either way i'm in no man's land because like, i can contest the layup and jaw just has to make the right decision whether he dumps it off or lays it in he jumped late and jaw hit a tough layup and so you gave jaw moran a layup to win the game. What kind of decision making is that? 
And then we go before that, two plays before that, another poor decision-making from D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell came down court and shot some BS. Shot some BS. Like, literally, that was horrendous. You had, oh, my God. You didn't even have to shoot. It wasn't like the shot clock was running down. It wasn't like anything crazy was going on, like you were rushing or anything. D'Lo just shot a bad shot for no reason. All you had to do was sit there and make the correct pass or show patience. Heck, I I, I got to go back and rewatch this game because if I remember correctly, they got a switch, and I believe – Ja Morant or somebody they had an undersized player on cat that possession. How come D'Lo didn't make that look? Why how come D'Lo didn't make that look and get the ball to Cat? As a point guard, you have to you have to make that correct look. You have to see that and be like, dang, we have a mismatch. Get it to Cat in the clutch and let him operate. Cat already had 28 and 12. Give it to Cat. Let him operate and let him just dominate right there. He has the mismatch. Instead, you want to play hero ball, ice in my veins, shoot uh, some BS when you didn't have to because the shot clock wasn't exactly running down and missed it horribly. Missed it horribly. And I'm just sitting there looking like, D'Lo, what are you doing? You are selling. You are selling trying to make a big play. So you have, you see the inexperience of D'Lo. You see the inexperience of Ant. You see the inexperience of Ja, Jared Jackson Jr., all the players in series. And I'm just looking at this and I'm like, <sighs> we're going to get through this series. They're going to be feeling this. Whoever wins this series, whether it be Memphis or Minnesota, go ahead and pack them up already because Golden State is cooking whoever. I'm willing to take bets and bet any amount of money that we're just packing them up. Unless there's a significant injury, unless there's a significant injury, there's just no way this is even a competition in round two. After seeing both these teams and yeah, there's 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 just no there's no there's too much inexperience. There's way, way, way too much inexperience. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to finish it off with the last game of the night. We will be right back.
And we are back to discuss the last game of the night. Pelican Suns. This one should be the quickest one. Shouldn't be too long. Um, Valanchunas did what he does. He's been dominating this entire game in the paint. He gave 17 and 14. CJ McCollum was okay. He looked like he struggled a bit. I mean, but I say he's okay because he didn't stop trying to shoot, but he kind of struggled this game. Brandon Ingram also struggled more so this game. It looked like, um, especially at the end, I know he jammed his finger, but he still was was already shooting poorly before that. This game didn't didn't have the step up as the previous ones did. They need they needed they needed more help with CJ and Brandon Ingram struggling. They needed more help from their role players. They didn't really necessarily get it this game. But on the opposite side, the Suns did. The Suns got their role players to step up. They got Mikael Bridges dropping 31. And a lot of that 31, it wasn't like Mikael Bridges was going down court, hezzy, hezzy, tween, tween, pull up, step back, everything like that. No, a lot of these were catch and shoots, backdoor cuts, and just poor defense from from the Pelicans. Um, It can't be that easy. You can't allow it to be that easy. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, shout out to point guard, had another good game, 22-11. and 11, And you have you have to make his life a little more uncomfortable as well. I saw, y'all, I mean, y'all have done it before, but y'all need to lock in more so on him. But this time when y'all locked in on him, y'all are getting beat by back doors and everything like that. Aiton hasn't been dominating y'all offensively, and he hasn't been dominating defensively, so we need y'all to go more so at him. He's kind of, Aiton's kind of like, he's doing his job. He's doing just enough. He's not doing too much. He's not doing too, like, not enough. He's doing just enough to, like, help the Suns get by. But maybe this series is a good thing. Because extending this series like this, you're giving Devin Booker more time to rest. Even if y'all want to finish the series early, I know y'all still have to wait for the um the Mavericks uh jazz. But what happens if the Mavericks win the next game? They pack them up and it's the, their series over. By extending this series, essentially you're giving Devin Booker more time to rest. And all these, all this first round has showed me is how much they need Devin Booker. How much they need Devin Booker. I know the Suns were talking about how they're the deepest team, how they can lose anybody and be fine, how they can go toe-to-toe with anybody without them. Let's get real. Let's get real. Um, yeah, let's get real. We we y'all y'all need Devin Booker. But their defense looks so good today. Their defense looks their, their defense is one of their better defensive games. Um, which it should be. This should be an amazing defensive unit. You have Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton. You have Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and then three three and D guys on the court. Your defense should be phenomenal. And then when you see something like that, you're like, dang. This defense is really, really good. This defense can be scary good in the right situation. Like, so I, I like, I like them matching up with anybody as long as Devin Booker comes back healthy because they need a number one scorer. I, as I said before, and I keep being consistent with it, 
no matter how good your defense is, no matter how good your role players, you need that star for when the game slows down and the money's online. You need that superstar that at any time can go get you 40, 50 points. Outside of that Pistons series, I've never seen another team win a championship without having a go-to guy such as that. That can be like, hey, the offense not running well. Get out the way. Give me the ball and let me go hoop. And they have that with Devin Booker. I I don't see the Mavs really giving them any problems. I definitely don't see the Jazz giving them any problems if the Jazz come back. <coughs> Excuse me. This should be an easy Suns versus Warriors Western Conference Finals. And I'm interested to see how that matchup goes with the Warriors' death lineup versus this Phoenix Suns team with a ton of 3 and D guys and then somebody that can go get you 40 any night. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting, man. I wish I could fast forward just to that time, but I also want to enjoy basketball and enjoy as much basketball as possible. I'm not ready for this first round to be over because once this first round is over, we might, we, we're not going to be getting that daily basketball for a while. We, we, well, we still should be getting daily basketball, but when we get to, you know, like the conference stuff, we're not going to be getting our daily basketball anymore. I'm be I'm be missing that. I'm be missing that because right now we're having a good time. We got Bucks Bulls tonight. Bucks need to go ahead and close out this series. Same thing with the Warriors. Go ahead and close out their series and then – we can just go ahead and move on and start discussing the rest of the rest of the playoffs and rest of the bracket. But anyways, this has been another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out. <laughs>